1: Okay, welcome to Freedom Friday. It is almost the end of the month before we start February. Second month of the year. Crazy, huh? Craziness. Time goes by so fast. Well, let's, uh, speaking of fast, let's look at uh, the news real fast. See what's going on in the world. As usual, going to hell in a handbasket. Whatever that means. It's crazy out there. Um, Sheesh, I only cover just a few bizarre stories. I don't even talk about politics or the uh, coronavirus or any of that stuff. Um, It's just amazing. I don't know. I don't know what's in store. It just seems so bizarre. And I'll tell you the other thing, Christianity is, uh, is bizarre. It's, um, there's some bizarre Christian stuff out there. Um, uh, what do I mean by that? Just the way some of these churches are behaving, the organizations, the stuff they're teaching. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's just just kind of weird stuff. I mean, stuff that you just kind of shake your head and go, uh, where do I find that in the scriptures? Where's that biblical? I mean, for example, recently, uh, the church I attend had a, um, a gifts seminar, a gift seminar. And they had these, uh, folks from Las Vegas come up and, uh, do a seminar. It was a two day deal. It was a Friday and Saturday, and they used a workbook. Basically, basically, I and I have the workbook. I, I got a hold of one of them. Uh, I did not go to this. Uh, shock, shock, surprise! Um, I no, I did not go with it. It was the weekend. I face planted. I coughed so bad. I face planted. Uh, I couldn't have went anyway if I just wanted to see what was going on. But um, I I was I was sick that weekend. Didn't go to it. Uh, but a lot, a lot of people did, but in the workbook, uh, it, to me, it looked like a variation of the uh, multi, uh, personality inventory, the MPI or the MPPI. Do you remember that? Have you, you guys ever take that? I had to take it in law enforcement. Um, when you become a cop, you have to take a psychological assessment and, uh, talk to a shrink to make sure you're not crazy. Because if you're crazy going in. You're definitely going to be crazy within a first year. So you don't want to be too crazy going in. Um, And I took, I think it was called the MPPI or MP, something like that. It's a multi-personality inventory test, MPIT. And um, so it had like a built-in lie detector built into it. Like if you're trying to make yourself look better than what you were, they, they would hit the same question at different angles, uh, to like trip you up to see if you are lying or whatever, you know, cause what you want to do when you're trying to get into law enforcement, you want to look like you're normal and that you care for people and you want to help people. And, um, that's the only reason you're doing it. You never want to tell them the truth that you just, you know, you want the money and the benefits and, um, you know, you want to be badge heavy and tell people what to do. You, you know, you, ne- you never, you never say that. So, um, you know, you want to think like Woody Allen, not John Wayne. Right. So it had like this built in lie detector. And it was just this, this deal. And I took this. And then later on, some, at some point in your career, or if you get involved in a shooting, um, like I got involved in several incidents, you know, where, um, yeah, I committed a, uh, legally a homicide where a guy died, uh, when we were fighting with him. So, you know, I, I didn't shoot him, but he died, um, fighting fighting with me and his heart his heart exploded but after the death you have to go see a psychologist and make sure you're fit for duty and all that stuff and then i you know i had to take another test so that's what this thing reminded me of but what they did is they kind of modified it for gifts uh spiritual gifts so what they did is they had this seminar and um the people that attended used this workbook and they um uh, They were asked questions and they broke up in groups and they talked. And then it determined your spiritual gifts. Now, if you're laughing, then you're laughing with me because I told, I told Miss Kapow, I said, I'm I'm sorry. I just can't find that in the scriptures where, where God said, give somebody a a test to see what their spiritual gifts are. Um, What I, what I do find, what I do find in the new Testament is the apostles laying hands on individuals and imparting gifts. Uh, Paul in one of his letters said, you know, I, I wish to see you to impart some spirituals, you know, some spiritual gifts on you. Uh, so I, I, I do know that's the scriptural. I know that the, uh, the disciples were told to wait uh, on the day of Pentecost to wait uh, and they would be endued with power to witness and uh, carry out the gospel message. I don't remember Jesus giving anybody a, a personality test. Um, it just wasn't there. So it's it. I find that bizarre. Now, afterwards, everybody was all on Twitter. They were all happy. The vast majority of people showed gifts in the area of... Um, compassion administration and exhortation yeah so <laughs> this this personality test that you could take says oh you got a gift of exhortation now now the once again the new testament you know when we go to corinthians it talks about these different gifts some are given gifts of administration some gifts uh, gifts of teaching some gifts of of apostleship some gifts of prophecy some gifts of tongues uh, and, and interpretation of tongues uh, gifts of healing gifts of words of knowledge words of wisdom these gifts are imparted to you by the holy spirit and paul also says for us to seek the most desired of the spiritual gifts uh, we can seek these gifts it's actually a beautiful thing uh, because we have not because we ask not. And we, and, and also in James, it talks about wisdom and that God wants to give us wisdom liberally, you know, if, if we ask for it. So these are the gifts you want. I always ask for gifts of discernment. I always try to exercise my discernment because it's so important to discern spirits, not only in doctrine, but in people and in words and situations. You want to be able to discern and, um, uh, a prophetic gift to speak prophetically. I don't mean predicting the future. I mean, speaking in behalf of God, thus saith the Lord, the scriptures say this, the Lord says this, um, you know, and being in line with, with God through Jesus Christ, you know, these are the things that I personally cherish and, and try to exercise. And then of course, when you're in situations, you know, it's really important, very vital. If you could have someone with the word of knowledge, um, you know, so that, you know, I, here's what I'm sensing in my spirit, this and this, and this is going on. So, um, you know, it's a very real thing spiritually, whether it could be imparted or not through a test, an MPPI test. Um, I'm not real sure <laughs> Well, I'm sure, but anyway, everybody was all excited. And so after the test, the the pastor one wants to get together with all those people who scored high in those areas and put them to work in the church. Uh, and it's funny, I went to a business meeting and I and I went to this, this horrible business meeting, totally, totally out of whack. Uh, no Rogers rule of order. Uh, they had no idea what they were doing. They, they talked about the budget, but they didn't have the income. They only had outflow. Uh, and the chart was so small. He goes, well, it's too small to read. But he, he wouldn't explain where the money's going. That's just bizarre. One of the worst business meetings uh, I've ever attended as far as just willy nilly. And I thought, wow, so many people registered with the gift of administration in this church. You would think somebody would have uh, the skill and ability to put together a business meeting. That would make sense. So I'm not seeing it. Exhortation, um, not seeing it, you know, yet now when I, I, you know, 2006, I went to this uh, one church uh, for a year and i went to the 101 102 103 you know uh classes uh they did a test also and uh most people scored um high in the ministry of parking lot attendant or usher yeah so, uh, but those of us that they found out were musicians, uh, we got elevated right away into the worship team, <laughs> uh, me and, a, and another gal in there who was a bass player. So we got, uh, we, we bypassed the parking lot attendant and the usher ministry and went right into the stage ministry of worship uh, team. I'm just saying, I just find, you know, you, you might hear me and go, well, Paul, that's no big deal or whatever. And that's cool. You know, it really, it probably isn't a big deal. I don't care, but it's. It's just bizarre to me, Christianity, the um, the culture of Christianity is bizarre to me. It just it seems very far removed to what the first century church uh, should be, uh, what we should be in Christ. To me, it just seems very bizarre that you would get um, notified of your spiritual gifts by taking a test rather than by the Holy Spirit. So that's just my little... My little uh, monologue for uh, the Freedom Friday. So let's get on with the news. But first let's take a commercial break and we'll get right on with the news. How about that? Okay.
2: Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Pit, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield.
1: Okay, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Uh, Books are always good to uh, have. The books we've read, uh, I mean, read. (laughs) The books we've written, Demons in My Marriage Bed, and also uh, Eyes of the Unseen Enemies, and... um, Christianity, blasphemy, those things like that. But, uh, demons in my marriage bed flagship book. It's helped a lot of people. It's our testimony. And it's also a spiritual warfare manual. And which works when you have regular, uh, deliverance one-on-one demon problems. You have problems with, um, you know, committing to God, things like that. And you know what you have to do. All right. So it's, it's very helpful. You get into some deeper things like we're in now Uh, It requires some deeper things, which we are figuring out through the help of the Holy Spirit, obviously not through tests, but the Holy Spirit little by little has been revealing to us uh, what these issues are. And um, it had to be incrementally because we just weren't ready for these things early on. And someday I'll share all this with you when we, we get out of this hole, which we will when we get out of this pit, this demonic pit, I'll share with you what's going on. But uh, suffice it to say, I talk to demons every night. (laughs) and um we're uh we 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 test uh the truth of the scriptures every night Uh, the demons and i argue uh well i don't argue i just i just tell them the truth uh but they they try to convince me otherwise anyway that's another story so anyway uh don't forget february 23rd i'm coming out with my ep called down here includes uh really seven Previously re- released songs as singles, um, I doubt if any of you have those, but if you do, they're now in one compilation and they're remastered, so they sound a little a little better, I think. And then one new song, I Surrender All, which I'll play at the end of this uh, podcast. And, and I'm currently working on another one. So what I'm trying to do is, is work real fast so I can do uh, two or three this year, hopefully before the Lord returns, I'd like to get some of this music out because I've been, uh, hindered from doing that for, for quite a while. So that's what I'm trying to do. So anyway, uh, first story of the day, first horrible story of the day, man, this is crazy. Talk about demons and you talk about demons talking to you, um, and putting words in your, your head. This is a boy, he's nine years old, nine years old, picture that, picture a nine-year-old boy being charged with attempted murder and a stabbing of his five-year-old sister. Oh, yeah, 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 crazy, crazy. The children's mother said she had left them in their apartment for about 10 minutes while she went to buy candy for them and to check the mail. But what's bizarre about the story is not only his age, but it's the voice in his head. And uh, these, these demonic voices in your head that seem to do takeover. Uh, and I'm, exp- I'm seeing that r- uh, right now. And not only with with Ms. Kapow, but I'm seeing this with other ladies in the church who are now reporting the same uh, similar problems, especially at night, of having uh, these overwhelming thoughts of their loss of salvation or loss of the Holy Spirit or loss of... God or something to that effect. And they're overwhelming and they keep them up all night. So it's almost like, um, these thoughts are being beamed into people's heads. So the story says a nine-year-old Florida boy has been charged with attempted murder in the first degree after he allegedly stabbed his five year old sister. Police responded to a report of a stabbing at some apartments And upon arrival, they found a five-year-old girl with multiple stab wounds. The children's mother had called police to report her son had stabbed her daughter and then fled on foot. Uh, When they found him, um, I guess he was hiding in a nearby shed. The mother said she had left her children in the apartment alone for about 10 minutes while she went to buy candy and to check the mail when she returned She told the police she observed her son stabbing her daughter in the bedroom. She said she asked him what he was doing. He grabbed the knife from him and she picked up her daughter and took her into the bathroom. And the nine-year-old boy ran out of the apartment. A short time later, he was found hiding in some maintenance shed there on the property. And the five-year-old was alert. She was able to communicate. They flew her to a nearby hospital and she's in stable condition with multiple stab wounds. Uh. When they interviewed this kid, the police talked to this kid and they asked him why he stabbed his sister. He stated that he wanted to kill her and that this, this thought of, of wanting to kill her had entered his head two days earlier. Two days earlier, he had this thought that said, you kill your sister. And he stated that he tried to get it out of his head, but he couldn't. This is a nine-year-old boy. It's a nine-year-old boy saying that he tried to get this thought out of his head, but he just couldn't. The thought of killing her sister. Folks, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. I know there's a whole lot more to the story that we need to know, but that alone should just get our hackles up. Uh, Maybe you could take a multiple personality inventory test and see if you have the gift of hackling. Maybe you have that hackle gift. So you don't have to ask the Lord for the hackle. Maybe you already have the hackle, but your hackle should be up. This kid couldn't get it out of his head. The boy said the two were in the apartment alone while his mother was gone for a short time. The nine-year-old said that he went to the kitchen, got a knife, entered the bedroom with the knife behind his back. He said he approached his sister, he grabbed her by the back of the neck, and he began stabbing her. Um, And then when they keep asking him about it, why he stabbed his sister, then he just kind of said, well, I want to go outside. So obviously they're not believing him. And so he just, I I think he just kind of shut down and went, you're not going to believe me. So I'll say what you want to hear or whatever. Anyway, the police recovered a knife in the hallway, uh, had blood on the blade and (laughs) dude, that's crazy. That's some crazy story. Okay. Uh, this is nuts. This happened in the nineties and he just got arrested for it because of a cold case files. You know, those shows, those cold case files. some good detective work linking DNA and um, good old detective work. Put this together. This guy's horrible. This, this guy's a demon possessed man, California man charged with killing five, five of his own infant children. (sighs) A man behind bars. He was already, he was already in California prison for, I think car theft and drugs and, Guns. I mean, just a real piece of work, but he was already in bars in California. He was arrested and charged with the cold case slayings of five children, all his own. None of them older than six months old. So six months old and younger babies. He killed all five of them. His name, unfortunately, is Paul, Paul Perez. He's 57 years old. Paul Perez. Uh, he's accused of killing the babies from 1992 to 2001. And he was charged with five counts of first degree murder with special circumstances could make him eligible for capital punishment. Yeah, he's in California. Good luck with that. Yolo County Sheriff said that um, they can't they can't reveal the details of the case or the investigation. But they said DNA evidence discovered in October cracked the cold case. They didn't know whether he had other children or not or there's other victims they didn't know if the, all these uh, babies were from one mother or other women. Who knows? But I guess every time uh, whoever he was with had a kid, he just killed it. He kind of did his own post-birth abortion. It's called murder. It's called murder. So the, investiga- uh, the investigation uncovered a deeply disturbing chilling case of Uh, child murder. Uh, This was up in um, Northern California. So he killed five of his own babies. Apparently the remains of these kids, uh, some of the other kids, the remains have not been found, but some of the remains were found, I guess by a fisherman. I I don't know. He weighed them down and dumped them in a lake or something. uh, Bizarre. Anyway, he was already in state prison, and he he was just days before he was expected to be released. (laughs) Like I said, he was um, serving—he was serving a seven-year sentence for vehicle theft and possession and manufacturing of uh, deadly weapons by an inmate. And then he was about to get released back into society, and they charged him with these uh, five murders. Uh, What's what's wrong? This dude is killing his own babies. Um, there's, it's just pure evil. Pure evil. This story's not about somebody killing anybody. She died of natural causes. It just kind of shows you what our society is like, because no one knows what's going on. No one. It doesn't seem like anybody cares. You know, the Bible says in the in in days, uh, people's love will grow cold. They will wax cold, cold, colds for one another. Uh, A new owner of a Maryland home that was sold at a foreclosure auction found a woman's dead body inside of the house. Man, you you think it was foreclosure. You think someone would have went in there. Anyway, this guy bought this home on foreclosure auction. He found the body on Saturday. Can you imagine that? A neighbor said that the woman was a special needs lady who lived there had lived in a home with her grandmother until the grandmother had died more than a year ago. So a caretaker stopped coming to the home months ago. So they probably ran out of money. No one was paying it. And whoever was taking care of this special needs woman just quit coming and um, no one's notified. I, I don't know. I, I think we pay taxes for these kind of things. You know, child welfare services, um, adult services. I think we pay taxes This is in Washington, by the way. Anyway, so this caretaker stopped coming and apparently no one knew. And so the neighbor says we stopped seeing all traffic. So naturally we thought that she was gone with the family. They just naturally thought, well, her grandma's dead. The caretaker quit coming and so she's gone. They didn't know. They just assumed. And um, he also said that the utilities had been turned off. After the foreclosure. So no one's paying the mortgage. And so the house foreclosures and they turn off the utilities. But she's dead inside there. She's dead. Special needs uh, lady. If we knew that she was still in there, we would have at least knocked on the door. A neighbor said we would have at least asked her, is everything okay? But you didn't. You didn't. Had they known she was in there, they would have knocked on the door. But they didn't know that she was not in there. No one cares, really. No, no one cares. It's just a heartless world we live in. It's just, uh, yeah, it's bad. This is bad. Now this is, um, this is a really freaky story. This going to be my last story. Uh, this is kind of weird. Now there could be natural reasons for this, like somebody playing a joke and hoaxing, but I don't think so in the sense that, uh, Certainly they would have been caught by now. A town, I think this is Philadelphia. A town is freaked out by mystery noises of of a baby crying. And it's keeping them awake at night. These are like college. This is like affecting college kids. College students are on edge. After hearing strange noises, that sound like a baby crying or a child asking for help. Is that crazy? Police officers in Pittsburgh responded to four such calls in recent days, but did not hear the sound or determine its source. How many calls? It said four, four unrelated calls. That's four too many. That's weird. That's weird. Uh they don't know if they're real or hoaxes or recordings or what, but there's two sorority sisters say they are shaken after hearing the noises. They thought they may have heard someone shouting right outside their door. Uh, just so sick and twisted. What are you, what are you going to do? One of them said, some people are just really messed up now. They don't know. They don't know if this is caused by people or not, but the Pittsburgh police are are telling people, if you hear uh, the, these, these baby noises or something, don't open the door. Don't go outside because they're afraid it's a ruse to get you outside to go do something. Um, that could be the case or what if there's somebody who really needing help? You know, it's just, it's a weird society we live in now, right? Uh, the two students say they, they have been taking extra precautions such as waking up early and taking classmates to their cars. We've been staying together and not let anyone be alone. I just think they know a lot of young college girls live on the South side and we just have really uh, kind hearts. And obviously if anything was happening, we'd want to help as much as we can. A local resident uh, said that she did not hear any noises, but there were three police cars on her street and they were walking with flashlights, looking down alleys and pathways. She says, even if it's just a hoax or something, you kind of have to treat it with a little bit of respect in regards of, you don't know how crazy people are and what they're going to do anyone who wears something similar is urgent called 911 so they're assuming that it's it's um, it's somebody uh, hoaxing or trying to get these girls outside to do something and um, it probably is you know who who knows but they it's happened at least four times and they can't seem to find out you know what's going on it's kind of a weird thing it's creepy. Babies crying or a child asking for help. Um, who knows? Maybe it's an omen. Just like in AD 70, the people right before Jerusalem fell, you know, several years before Jerusalem fell, there was a uh, sign in the sky and it was soldiers uh, at war, uh, soldiers, chariots and soldiers in the clouds, in the sky. This was seen by people in Jerusalem Several years before it fell. Also, there was a, a, a crazy dude who was crazy. And he walked the walls over and over again for two years, crying, um, woe's, woe is Jerusalem. It's falling. You know, it's, it's going to crash. And he was crazy. And finally, someone, they threw rocks at him because he used to drive everybody nuts. This is all in Josephus, by the way. It's, it's the, uh, the war of the Jews, Josephus historian. And uh, they threw rocks at him. And one, of, one day, one of these rocks hit him in the head and he died. Uh, but sure enough, his, uh, his crazy prophecy came true. The signs of the sky, it was all kinds of signs and omens back then. The, uh, the temple, uh, a gate, I guess this gate took 40 men to open something like that. It took like 40 men to open this temple gate. Uh, one night flung open voices were heard, uh, saying we're leaving this place now. Uh, lights shone in the middle of the night, um, you know, I don't know, red heifers and blue sheep or you know, just all kinds of weird, strange things happened right, right. Uh, the years right before the fall of Jerusalem. Uh, very, very odd things, you know, things that uh, weren't, you know, recorded in the Bible, like, oh, this is going to happen, but it's recorded historically. So you never know, you know, something like this could be an omen, could be a strange thing, just like the drones in Colorado could be. And also if anybody's taken a multi-personality test for Jesus and you have the gift of omen reading, you know, maybe you can look at this and go, hey, I got a gift of omen reading, and then you can start reading omens. So Okay. That's it. And I will uh, talk to you guys later and um, good night and have a good blessed weekend. Where's